Welcome to Death Readers. I'm Doug. And I'm Rob. Death Readers is the podcast where we explore uh, books, in this specific case, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, the second book in the series of seven. This is episode four, right? Of season two? Of season two? Yes. Yeah, where we are going to be delving through chapters 10 through 12. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, again, a quick little recap of the, the concept of this show is that I uh, have never read uh, the Harry Potter books. Mm -hmm. I'm uh, a little over 30, and I've never read them. Uh, Rob, I um, like to say, has read them seven times. At least. At least, and at least in, at least in English. And uh, he, he knows them uh, better than anybody. He's my, uh, Wait, he's my Harry Potter Sherpa. Oh, shit. In this... <laughs> He's the, the, the guru of, of Hogwarts. He is going to walk us through not knowing anything about this world and answer all of my litigious questions about the minutia of the wizarding world. That actually sounds right. I think it is, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it started real lofty, and then it got like, yeah, that's what it he's is. He's a pedantic shit. Yeah. yeah. He's going to yeah. do that for us. Yeah. That'll be me. Yeah. And, and luckily, I... I'm going to be reviewing these books with a, a fine-toothed comb of criticism and ignorance and idiocy. And like eight times more notes than I have. And, and Rob is going to be there to help me get through it. Yes, I am. So, in the spirit of that, what happened in the last couple of episodes, or last this up to this point in the book, mm. we have Harry Potter gets to Hogwarts through a magical car. He has had a couple of mishaps. He meets Dobby. He meets a couple other new characters like Colin and Justin uh, Justin mm -hmm. and a new professor that's right Lock, uh, uh, Gilderoy Lockhart. Lockhart and we uh, have a reintroduction of old faces new faces etc but mainly what's happening is that there's this new mystery that happened in the last episode where uh, people are starting to be petrified mysteriously in the halls of Hogwarts and one of those petrifications was accompanied by a strange cryptic note left scrawled on a wall that said the chamber is open enemies of the heirs beware yeah i think that's exactly the chamber right. of secrets is open i think it's the chamber of secrets is open okay we are in the middle of this mystery and not really understanding what's causing all of this there might be a monster involved. There might be anything involved. At this point, we well, just there's don't a legend know. of the chamber. There's a legend of a, of a monster, and Harry has been hearing voices. He's not really sure where those are coming from. Right. Um, other mysterious things have been happening to him that he hasn't been able to explain, but he's essentially been writing off. That's essentially, I think, at this point where these three chapters start, ten sure. through twelve. So at this point, we're going to go to my first note in chapter ten, the rogue bludger. Right. We I think we start this chapter in. A class with Lockhart. At some point, we enter a class where he's teaching the kids about something, and he's calling Harry to the front of the class to mm -hmm. say, "Harry, act out this thing for me," because he's been doing that to Harry because he's so in love with Harry. Right. He lo he's such a star mm -hmm. effer. I'm gonna censor myself that one on that one. It's not gonna happen the rest of the time. I just don't like that term for some reason. But Actually, it's, it's appropriate. Trying to say star effort. Star fucker. No, okay. Uh, I don't like that wor that phrase. It bothers me. But like. Star lover. I think it's the I think it's appropriate for what Lockhart's doing to Harry. Okay. Um, so he pulls him up and to talk about to like reenact these scenes from his his life and his his memoirs. But I noticed that in these memoirs they're all uh, titled with like m fantasy beasts as like the thing that he's dealing with. Like mm -hmm. there's uh, one where he deals with a yeti and another where he deals with a vampire mm -hmm. and another where he deals with like a woman from Transylvania or something. 
The hag? I don't, exactly. hag? I don't know exactly. Yeah. Harry plays all those roles right, right. of the bad guys or the monsters. But it occurs to me that we we know that Lockhart isn't trustworthy. We know as people who've watched the movie. Yes. Because in the book, we don't. We, we, well, we, we know he's a fool. It. Right. But in, in, at this point in the book, but we don't know how much of a charlatan he is. But you and I, having seen the films, sure. and you having read the books, do know that he is a complete charlatan and how he got where he is mm-hmm. and how kind of sinister and, and he is. Um, but it occurs to me that, like, as the readers knowing this, should we. Should I even trust that Yetis exist in the wizarding world? Because I've not heard about them existing anywhere, as far as I can remember, except this point. I feel like that would be something that would be way too easily proven false. And he would be touted as either the discoverer of Yetis or proven a liar earlier. So I think all those creatures he cites are... So vampires do exist in this world? Yes, we have talked about that before. Okay, I don't... I don't remember that. And you brought it up in season one. When, which and part? And I said there will be a vampire in book six. Oh. Okay. The, the, I'm waiting for it. I don't it. know which part. The part where you said your vampires exist, and I said yes. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't remember what part of the book there it's referenced, I guess. Um, but yes, there are... I, the I'm only blood-sucking I can think of is when Quirrell goes after the unicorn. It's probably where it came up. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm betting all these creatures do exist. Okay. I can... Uh, also knowing that how... Uh, you know, Lockhart gets these stories mm-hmm. um, justifies their legitimacy. Sure. So I can I can sort of like I can accept that and move on from it. But it just it did make me wonder. Also, you know, having seen Fantastic Beasts, I don't remember Yetis appearing in those films um, yet. I mean, there's supposed to be five or what three more, and I'm sure. Well, and then they also mentioned werewolves. When like Lupin, is he actually? I mean, it's later. Who, Hoopin? I know, but like, I don't remember. Remus Hoopin? Is he is he actually a werewolf, or is he like how serious is just Lupin is a werewolf? But that is actually my first note: the oh. homomorphous charm, which he performs, which is the only time we ever hear of that technique. And I'm wondering, is that just to turn the werewolf into a human for the duration of that night, or so like we can know who it is? Right, because if it was a cure then there should never be a werewolf ever again. Unless only he can cast that spell. But what we know Allegedly. of Lockhart right. is whoever could could do that spell. I feel like I feel like it's a finite incantatum for tonight. See Oh, we know it's you, David, the werewolf from that movie. Uh, American Werewolf in London. Yeah. Uh, so I want to say David Naughton. I knew it was not David. It's Kessler. David Kessler. David Kessler, yeah. Um, Aha, we know you're the werewolf, and now we can imprison you and deal with you as needed. Right. And that's all the use that charm would be. Well, my curiosity about whether or not it would be a special spell only really comes from the idea that we do know that certain wizards are more naturally inclined to be good at certain types of magic. Sure. But also that there are sort of exclusive skills that certain wizards possess which we, we learn later in these three chapters, but the idea of being a parcel mouth. Sure. Like being able to talk to snakes is a very specific skill set. But I wouldn't think it was so specialized only one person in the world could do it. At least the parcel mouth kind of seems like that. I mean, I haven't, I don't remember anybody else being able to do it besides Voldemort and Salazar Slytherin. That's probably. And then Harry because he is Voldemort. My next note here is at page 165. Okay. Powdered horn of bicorn is used as an ingredient in Polyjuice Potion. Yes. I like that ingredient name. Why? 
Oh, just because of the duality of the... Yeah, of, okay. like, of, of a unicorn being a, a magical thing, but just saying a bicorn. It's like, what the fuck is that? Is that just like a goat? Like, is it a bull? <laughs> is it like a deer? Like, what would what is a bicorn? I love it. Is it just two, like, stalks of corn? Like, that grow out of each other? I don't know. And don't, they don't explain it. I don't it. either. I've, I've not looked this up in... Is it, like, a unicorn... But it comes out in one horn, but then the horn bifurcates. Mm, maybe. Into like two other horns. Sounds like a wicked beast. Sounds awesome. Like it e- does. any no matter like it would even be awesome if it was literally just a shitty tiny little deer. <laughs> and it had little tiny little deer antlers. You know that deer that has like those vampire teeth? No. Honestly, there's a I don't. there's a deer that has little tiny like fangs and it has little tiny horns. It's it's super weird looking and kind of scary, but like that's what I imagine they like saw the horns off of and like powder it down also if anyone's listening and considering using any medicines uh, uh from the the east that involve powdered anything horn don't do it it's really not okay it's it's not it's a sham and it's also really bad for animals and conservation just don't do it please don't do it please don't do it <laughs> I support that message. I, I do too. I'm saying we as the death readers can get behind <laughs> conservation and not using mysticism as medicine. Let's let's just say right now, <laughs> season two, we're doubling down on that. That's if you're not cool with that, get out. <laughs> that problem taken care of. Next war on terror. <laughs> Sorry, I had to, you know it just really felt like that was the important part about this episode of Harry Potter's no, podcast. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> I really thought to talk about. There's a lot of animal parts used in this. It's, there, it's not a there, bad point. There are, and there are places in the world where they think that that will actually help them, where they think that oh, I can get like male virility from powdered rhino horn or tiger claws or some shit, and like those animals are. The way it works is that those animals are rare. They're powerful. They're scary. They're big. They're some of the last big mammals we have left, like roaming the earth. And so humans being like the top of the food chain value those things they aren't. So they end up like deciding, oh, you know, I want that power within me. And then because of ignorance and stupidity and spiritualism, they decide to like exterminate these animals so that they can get boners every once in a while. And it's fucking bullshit. So don't fucking do it. (laughs) I don't know how to put a button on that, but it's so good. (laughs) All right. Back to the fucking Harry Potter stuff. (laughs) My name's Rob, and I approve this message. Yeah. Leave the fucking bicorns alone. Um, <laughs> anyway, you have 166? 166. Um, just back to the brooms. I, 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 can't, I feel like I can't leave this alone because it feels like a, um, a double Death Star situation. He gets the best racing broom, and then, he, and then there's a better racing broom than his that's now the best, and then he'll eventually get the best best. And I think I feel where you're coming from in the sense of it being like... It's it's a tricky trope. I agree with you there, but I also feel like it is just sort of how technology works. Like, I mean, but I, I, it also feels like there's a huge leap in brooms from the Nimbus 2000, which everyone was agog over, yet was affordable by the school, to the spoilers Firebolt, which is like the equivalent of a Ferrari. Yeah, I don't know. Which like I you mean, really but, need to be old old money to afford, and like even Lucius Malfoy wouldn't probably buy. Yeah, but I mean, honestly, what? The explanations for what these brooms do and how why they're better than each other is so weak. It's just like, it is faster. Oh, really? How much faster? It's fastest. It's the fastest one. <laughs> you couldn't get faster than this one until the next book. I, 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 I don't like it. it I, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm with you. I, I feel like it's weak, but it's 
It's what we got. It's Quidditch. Quidditch <laughs> isn't the strength of these these fucking books. Oh, um, Quidditch is on its way. So yeah, like that brings me to my next point. Uh, page one sixty eight. Questions about uh, Quidditch strategy. What? Why? So the way Quidditch works is you're supposed to get like these shitty little points by bouncing the one ball through the hoops, right? Mm. While the bludger tries to knock you off your your brute. Right. So you have like. All these tiny little points happening. But, like, the game ends when the seeker catches the snitch, which is worth 100 points. 150. 150 points. So, Regardless of wherever the points stand, when the snitch is caught, the game is over. I understand. So what I'm saying is why why doesn't the entire team just chase the fucking snitch? Like, if you could outpace the snitch by, like, how many people are on the Twitter team? Six? Seven. 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 All seven people running after the snitch all at once. Whoever catches it just runs it over to the seeker because they think the seeker is the one who has to catch it. I think that's part of the the rule. I believe if you read Quidditch Through the Ages... Have you? Yes. Good. (laughs) That Quidditch started with just the hoops... Okay. ...game, and the snitch is a thing that evolved out of something and was honorary... And I think the like like you also catch this snitch, and that person got 150 galleons, or something. It feels like the snitch should just end the game, and the game would be a lot more interesting if the seeker was just constantly looking for the snitch. Maybe he got 20 bonus points. Yeah, exactly. Like if you get 20 bonus points and you end, but 150 really makes the game kind of meaningless. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So like you, it's it's just it's a bad sport gets worse. Right. Like when you when you just look at this dumb rule because it feels like. How fast can you score points? Like, okay, let's say the other team, how do you beat that strategy? You just, everyone else chases a snitch too? Cool. Whoever first to 150 points wins. It might as well be that. Like, except for the fact that the bludgers are running around also trying to beat you up. Right. Whatever, who cares? Just outpace them. Um, Except, of course, if they've been bewitched. (laughs) Uh, But... It just it just seems weird that no one's had this strategy idea in the books. Like Quidditch has been around for a really long time, and no one's been like, "Why don't we just get the snitch?" Like this chapter basically is that where Harry inadvertently just ends the game very quickly, which I was greatly happy for. Yeah, it was uh, only four pages. It was really I, I, very I, I little. Did, uh, four pages of Quidditch action before he broke his arm and was done. Yeah, I just feel like it's it would be a lot simpler if we could just say, okay, everybody chase the snitch, and that was it. And it doesn't seem like it should be more complicated than that. I agree. Uh, the only other thing I had on that page was she used magnetically attracted to him instead of magically. The bludger seemed magnetic. I just thought that was interesting imagery. like Because it was obviously magically, and she really wanted to use an analogy. What was going on there? Why did the bludger seem magnetically attracted? It was, it was odd imagery. Maybe it's like, you know how... The way magnets work is essentially what they're doing is they're dragging the object that's attracted to them. Mm-hmm. The object that's attracted to them isn't chasing. It's being pulled towards. Okay. So, like, maybe the the rationale is about how the force feels. So, like, that's why, like, when it passes him, it just goes whoop and, and starts coming right back. Like, it's not really chasing him. It's just drawn to him in a way that he couldn't avoid. Mm-hmm. Um Maybe it's. I think it has a little bit more dread to it because you're like, oh, I can't. This is inescapable. It's like this is a better noir. This is death coming for me. Yeah, like there's nothing I can do to get out of this. Oh, okay. Actually, it's a great explanation. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was gonna give you an applause, but not now. Um, 
All right, here's my rapid fire next couple of points. Okay. One, page 170. George <laughs> says, get the snitch or die trying. Is George the one that dies? No. <laughs> oh, okay. So it's not foreshadowing? No. <laughs> okay. And right. he, he didn't, I, thought he, I thought he was yelling at Wood for having said that. He is, but oh, like, okay. he is, but like, it, it would be ironic. No, nope, George is not the one who... Stupid George. Who, who Should have been George. Ooh. I don't know why. I don't know the difference between the two of them. I'm super happy that this is a super sh- like short Quidditch chapter. I think we already kind of addressed that. There's a quote here uh, where somebody says, if Harry had wanted deboning, he would have asked. <laughs> it made me laugh because deboning is <laughs> like sex. <laughs> if Harry had wanted deboning. <laughs> oh, Harry, you rascal. <laughs> That's sorry, that's a dumb note, but it made me laugh. <laughs> no, I had a couple of those in, this book, <laughs> in these chapters. Um, uh, very much. If no one in the school, if there's some sort of charm around Hogwarts, which you addressed in the last episode, that stops people from apparating mm-hmm. in and out of the school, mm-hmm. explain what Dobby does. You're not going to like it. Okay. Is <laughs> he go through the fucking sewers and the, no, no. the pipes and ends up in a chamber pot? No. No. <laughs> It's 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 worse. Is it just invisible? He's no, 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 okay, no. So I would have accepted that. It, I feel like it's even lazier than that. What is that? Different rules for house elves. That's stupid. Their, their magic that is, is different. That's so stupid. <laughs> that is the stupidest answer. I mean, you're, you're not wrong. Like I know you're not wrong, but that's so stupid. <laughs> that's that's how Why wouldn't why wouldn't Voldemort just get an army of house elves and command them to kill every student at Hogwarts? Or as many as they could. Yeah. yeah, like this isn't the if if the purpose you outlay, light, laid out at least for why apparating isn't allowed in the walls of Hogwarts sure. or in, the, in the, the school is that it's to protect the kids. Mm-hmm. I accepted that because we haven't read it yet. Right. Um, and so, you, like, I'm just like, cool. That's I accept that that's going to be the answer eventually. Fine. But if if she also insists there are different rules for house elves, then. What the hell? There's ways like, around that, yeah. Are house elves like genies in like Aladdin where they can't be wished to hurt someone? I think that's a wish a genie Depends has. Depends on your, on your rules of your story, but yeah. Well, the, the Disney version, I'm pretty sure. He won't kill like, anyone. He won't kill yeah, anyone, yeah. right. Um, he does that whole like he turns dead. Well, that's he won't bring anybody from back. To oh, that's he won't bring yeah. back. Yeah. Anyway, Anyways. he won't kill anybody. Like, are house elves like that? They don't seem to be. They seem kind of cruel it, and, and crazy. No. I... I mean, Dobby's literally talking about trying to injure Harry Potter, like, maim him so that he will have to be sent Clearly home. he can hurt people. Right, and he's compelled to if the reason is good enough. Right. I'm just saying, like, I, I would be I would be concerned about Hell's Elves, or is there... There's so many other magical species in this world. Does the, Do the world's rules work different for goblins? Can goblins apparate? I mean, they're magical. Like, what... what it just seems weird. It just seems weird to be like only humanoid wizards can't apparate. It it because uh, I know in the next book we go f- into specifically not being able to apparate in Hogwarts. Okay. And the book after that, I believe, is when it's addressed that oh, but house elves can just nice because retcon. just because yeah. yeah exactly. And that seems like maybe the f- one of the first real examples of oh, but not this because it conflicts with that. So we'll yeah, just add another little addendum. Yeah, it just feels rules. it's it's one of a long line of it feels like in these books of at least the first two books it feels like of conveniently breaking rules just because like I just got to get through this chapter right I I mean I I think again one of the things I am taking a lot of notes on about these chapters is the idea that there are these flimsy structure of world 
in in this Harry Potter. It, it just, I think the thing is, it just seems so weird that she would go out of her way, uh, J.K. to to make all these rules and and insist upon these things, and then have them so carelessly broken or mm-hmm. like just easily broken. I mean, I suppose if I was going to play Voldemort's advocate, <laughs> I like um, that. you get credit for that. Thank you. <laughs> House elves. It could be an inherent ability, whereas apparating is a spell, and that can be blocked, whereas the natural magical ability, because it's part of their race, can't. Um, could be written into the spell that protects Hogwarts, because otherwise the house could exist. Into, we get kind of into how does magic work, then? <sighs> What's the difference between an innate magic ability and a learned magical ability? Do I look like I took arithmancy? My, here's my question. To a worm... The act of walking by us might seem magical, but it is to us a part of who we are as ambulatory beings. Okay. Worms don't have that. Would that? I mean, would that be? You haven't been to wormworts, so you don't know. I haven't been to wormworts, um, but I don't. My, my question is: Is that the same sort of thing? Like, I would acknowledge, like, being able to make a telephone call kind of seems like magic. Okay. Like that's a spectacular advancement of technology that I don't understand in science that I don't understand, but it works and I get to use it. Great. Walking isn't that. Walking's innate. Is apparating just a thing that house elves can do? You could still like tell me, hey, you're not allowed to walk here. And I'd be like, all right. <laughs> I guess I can't walk over there. Foiled again. Like, I mean, I'd have to be stopped. I mean, and if there was something physically stopped, like I can't walk through walls. Mm-hmm. Like you could just say, no, you can't walk through here. I put up a barrier. I'd have to find a different way around it. But ghosts could, because it's inherent to their nature. But they're not. I mean, they're not living creatures. They're they're separate. Like they're separate on a physical plane. Okay. I don't know. I mean, I'm. I am totally like. It seemed like an end for a second. <laughs> I'm totally bullshitting this, but I feel like sure. these are good points. Like, it, 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 no, they're really good yeah, points. Uh, it, I mean, at the, at the same point to something you inadvertently just brought up, yeah. and something that I took a note of in this episode eventually later, is that somehow Ernie is able Ernie to McMillan. is able to push you with a big fan with a big he fan. It. Yeah, I always and maybe it's just because I read that, and I'm I mean, I am really good slash it's a fault of mine that I can make my own connections. Sure, and I just assumed that when. Nick was petrified, it gave him some substance. Okay, the only reason I would say no to that <clears throat> is in that same chapter, it's mentioned that the kids are standing in him. I don't remember that at all. There's a line that says that when the kids are, are standing around Justin to look at Justin, they cram so tightly to each other that they stand inside Nick. That's really creepy. It is really creepy. Oh, wow, I've never noticed that line. Maybe I didn't want to. <laughs> oh, dark. <laughs> Yeah, I, I might have a note on that later, and I might be able to find the actual page eventually, good. and we can check it. Um, but we'll get there. Yeah, yeah. so the, the next note I have actually is in the next chapter. This is Chapter 11, Bankruptcy. <laughs> Jesus. I was really hoping that joke would land. <laughs> Only because it didn't land. <laughs> Did it land? It landed by crashing. <laughs> yeah, any landing you can walk away from, my friend, you lost is the Quack. dueling club. <laughs> And you brought it back around. Yeah, I did. Um, chapter 11, The Dueling Club. Could you, from what we've read, could you artificially or otherwise deliberately petrify a person or something in order to put them into a state of suspended animation to keep them alive or revivable a la cryogenics? Yeah, no. I, I would think you absolutely could. Right. I mean, the, I don't see 
whether it be the the trick would be if your basilisk was so big you couldn't just put it into a like a dark lantern and you know open the shutter to petrify someone right but there's this is the magic world there's got to be some way to extract that yeah like 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 their eyeballs or just just the gaze yeah i'm going to capture the gaze of the basilisk yeah in a lantern. I feel like that's... I really like this dark lantern thing. I want to go with that. I'm with you. Like okay. if you put If you took a basilisk eye, put it in the lantern, sure. and then open up the, the thing, you just petrify people. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Why... And I don't see why that would be impossible. Does that not happen in the books? No. That I should happen. The... I mean, they kill a basilisk. They have access. Mm-hmm. Actually, he blinds it in one point, doesn't he? The, the, the basilisk is blind... Blowned? <laughs> Let's not say that. Gross. Gross. Oh. <laughs> yes, he's blinded. Do, okay, do you think, though, that, like... Okay, is here's my real question. Is petrification a thing that will halt the aging process and put someone into a state of suspended animation, or does it just stop them from being able to move, but they are aging at the same rate and eventually will rot and die? Like, they... Is but petri- they don't need food. And But are they, are they still living? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's... I mean... I don't expect you to know. Because uh, some of yeah. these kids are petrified for months, right? Ooh, I don't remember. I don't... Well, do we have our first human petrified yet? Uh, up to this point, no. We have them coming up in this chap- these chapters, yes, but yes, not Yes, coming yet. up in this chapter, but we're not even near Christmas yet, because that's when... Because they, they haven't... We're very close to Christmas. Yeah, but have they started brewing the potion yet, or are they just... Oh, shit. No, so I that's at least so. one month. And it's the end of school before everybody gets unpetrified. <sighs> So, okay, so, so it's at it's least like, like four, four months. six months. Wow. Okay. So yeah, they logically, clearly they don't need unless they're being magically fed. And they're not, we're never told about that. Or but, magically sustained. Like if there's some sort of like spell, sure, spell in, sure. the, in the in the uh, but nurse's it, it, office. It seems like it's just like pausing. Right. It's just like saying, okay, you're frozen here. All of you is frozen, and we'll come back to you when it's done. Oh wait, no. At, by this point, oh no, no. At this point, yeah. This petrification we're talking about, page 185, is a Colin. Right. It is the first human. That's the first, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it is, It is like, happened. Right. But they haven't started brewing yet because they haven't been to class where they steal things. Brewing polyjuice potion or brewing the thing that actually unpetrifies people? I guess they started brewing it. They just don't have the special ingredients yet. That's all I'm getting. At. Well, there's two different brews that we're talking about. I feel like I want to make sure we're clear. Are you talking about how long it takes to polyjuice. brew? Polyjuice. Yeah, polyjuice. But that's not what unpetrifies people. No. That's right. the mandrakes which aren't ready yet. Okay. Okay. So it does seem like Dumbledore is not rushing to order like some stockpile. You would think there. Yeah, that's a really good point. You would think there were mandrake caches for sale. Like has to be the ones. Go to Nocturne Alley and pick them up. You could buy fucking plates of bones, but you can't buy something that can unpetrify a child. I mean, I can get a pomegranate right now. They're out of season. Yeah, I can get grapes. I don't even know what the season for grapes are. (laughs) Doesn't even matter. I can get it. Fucking privilege. First world, bitch. Royal bitch, the name of the episode. <laughs> How cool would it be to be able to manipulate petrification to monetize it for something like? Long yeah, Jones? no, it's a, it's an amazing idea. Yeah, like it okay, would solve it, most of the world's ills. I feel well in terms of longevity of human life, which is in it itself an ill of existence oh, for this planet. You just petrified the planet. What? <laughs> you just need a basilisk guy that's big enough. Oh my god! The moon. Yeah. We could we could turn the moon into a basilisk eye. That's great. I'm really into that idea. I'm into that idea I'm quite a line. lot. Um, okay, so my big problem on on page one eight seven 
is, I'm going to read this out and... Hold on. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm not done. I have three bitch. more. We're going to have to go back. I have oh I have God. two more Wait. notes about about 185. <laughs> go for it. 185, they mention uh, more Ginny stuff. Yep. More more descriptions of how Ginny's behaving and what she's like. I think she's looking extra pale still, or I don't remember exactly what the words were. Um, it's always in reaction to something, some, something being talked about. About the petrification, yes. though. About specifically the actions that we know later that she's responsible for. Her descriptions are like... Uh, Oh yeah, this stuff about the the twins picking on her. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. It's the twins are picking on her about her behavior and like teasing her about things, and she's freaking out and having nightmares. Percy mentions that she's been having nightmares, right? And I feel like that's weird. It's it's really it's cute. I guess is the nice way of saying it because she's uh, J.K.'s writing this situation in a very cute way. A kid having nightmares, a freshman kid having nightmares in a school where this crazy shit's happening, isn't suspicious, right? At all. But then by that token, recognizing that none of the other kids are talking about having nightmares kind of does, should, I guess, if you're being a really incredibly astute reader, right. should perk you up to be like, I wonder... Why do they keep mentioning her reaction? Yeah. Yeah. So I just thought that was like kind of interesting and, and it was a... You know, I'm just, I'm just since you brought up the last episode or two... This idea that Ginny is something we should be paying attention to. I've been I've been taking care and paying attention to it, so uh, that's kind of where I brought it up. Um, and I thought you would. That's why I didn't write any of those down this time because I'm like, he's ready. Yeah. Um, the last one I have here on page 185 is that uh, this is line about Neville, where he basically says he's like I'm basically a squib. <laughs> I'm just like I just had that this thought of like oh Neville. You poor son of a bitch. <laughs> you have no idea what's coming. You have no idea. Guess what? You get to dance with Ginny. He has no idea what he's capable of. He has either. no idea what he's going to... He has no idea how how high he can fly. Right. In the words of Michael Scott, he has no idea. That's that office show? That is the office. Okay. You you knew it. Because people talk about it. People do talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh... Now we can okay. move on to your... 187. I'm going to read this out. Okay, go for it. If it's too awkward because I can't read my own handwriting, we'll replace it later. All right. Uh, Harry's distraction in potions is really atrocious. It, yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, that's, I mean, that's what his first thought was. It's the plan of someone with no regard for other people. He was uh, burning for an excuse to do something that horrible. It felt like, like, like how can I explode when these potions in these motherfuckers' face? Oh, you need a distraction. I got something. I got something for you. Um, yeah, just to see what would happen. Just I, to, and it's, I mean, the, the, the swelling solution out of it, you think you're working on it and suddenly it's in your face. That's well, awful. I will say, okay, two notes about okay. your comment. One, I like how you're coming to my side, that <laughs> Harry is a malicious psychopath who is, who is planning ahead horrific, horrific things to do to people. I'm glad you've come around. Um, two... In Harry's defense, that would sort of imply he understood what the lesson plan was going to be that day because they, their need to create a distraction precedes their understanding of what's going to happen that day. And in counterpoint to your counterpoint, I would say if any teacher had a lesson plan, it was Snape. We're going to be working on this, bring this shit, prepare An- for that, maybe do these things ahead of time to prepare your ingredients last week because, you know, how long it takes to do Polyjuice Potion, we got to brew the... X, Y, Z in the briny something. Yeah, I said X, Y, Z. 
Okay. I'm not reading. Somebody's an Anglophile. Mortimer Bucatini. (laughs) I don't know what that is, but uh, you definitely aren't reading that. We are reading Harry Potter. What an ass. Um, How do people talk to you? In in a rebuke to myself, I will also say if any student would know the lessons plans of her professors, it would be Hermione Granger. Who would tell Harry and Swan Solution. But again, why is that in the gutters? Why is that something we have to infer? Maybe it's maybe it's because we're just two pedantic dicks that are just like <laughs> like looking for all this specific detail that doesn't need to be there. That can't be it. I don't. I mean, hear me out on this one. Okay, it might be. <laughs> two pedantic dicks also could be a title. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm with you that though that like. I hadn't. I honestly hadn't picked up at the idea that Harry's disregard for people's uh, being malformed for a while, like temporary, sure. distorted physical features, would be something that would be the trait and actions of a malicious person. Okay, just, just let's follow this up because yeah. it doesn't seem like it takes that much of a logical leap that even Harry could figure this out. He throws it into Goyle's cauldron. Oh God, yeah, Goyle I, I is I nowhere. No, Goyle is not a Hermione at potions. He could have put in too much acid of whatnot. Well, I I think you might. I don't know these books as well as you do, but I don't think up to this point we have anything that suggests that he is specifically bad at potions. And my only argument here's here's my point there. Okay, Neville's really good at herbo- herbology. Sure, he's really bad at everything else. Sure, maybe Goyle has a strength. Maybe it w- he's such a low level character. It wouldn't be beyond an author to just exclude his strengths. If he has any, she does take great pain to point out how awful he is at almost everything. But we don't have a specific point about him being bad at potions. Okay, I'm not going to go read read the first book. But from now on, it's Goyle Watch. <laughs> I'm going to be looking out for Goyle and potions. Okay. Just to Just see. Just like, I'll look out for Ginny being like in this yeah. book. And then you'll be on, you're on the hunt for fucking, <laughs> fucking Goyle, Goyle Master Potioner. Or... <laughs> I would because love I it. Think of all the people, I mean, I'm I'm not saying go for an owl sure, level student, sure, but maybe not Goyle, yeah, because he could have severely. I mean, everyone could have come out of that class looking like Two Face. Madame <laughs> Pomfrey would have been up to her elbows in rotting flesh. I believe in Harry Dent. <laughs> He's not the wizard we need. Yeah, exactly. He's the wizard we deserve. Yeah, he, I think you're fucking right. Um, <laughs> I, I, I will say I, I really do agree with you. Okay. That, that, that it is that Goyle is probably not the best student. Right. Um, and it's just an awful, awful thing to have done. Well, a firework. But especially considering how many spells and other things we see mishandled and have disastrous consequences. Literally later in these chapters, Hermione Granger herself fucks up her own Polyjuice potion. Not this chapter, but the end of, the, the end of these True. chapters is Hermione fucking up her own Polyjuice potion and turning into a cat girl. Right. That's real weird and it's sad and like something like that or worse could have happened by exposing all these students to essentially yeah or eyeballs like right in their eyes they could be blinded permanently it seems like magic and it seems like again just talking precedence of these chapters Harry getting his literal bones regrown makes it seem like the medicine of the magical world is essentially limitless but people do die sure and we we know that because there's ghosts. Like, even if Harry's parents weren't dead, there's ghosts. Mm-hmm. Like, people... There are things people can't be healed from in this world. Well, and even, even if they are healed within the hour, 
trauma can have long-lasting scars. Yeah, it really can. You're and right. You yeah. Or or even, like, weirdly, I mean, nobody, I don't know why we haven't talked about this yet, but physical scars. Like, Harry Potter has a noticeable physical predominant because scar on magic. his forehead because of magic. Right. And, again, it kind of comes down to, well, what is, is potions one of those places where science and magic merge? I, I'm with you that Harry Potter does seem to be dangerously careless with his actions in this moment. Also, I, was, I noticed that there's only one line that describes... Hermione getting into Snape's office, and I, I had to reread that those pages a couple times because there's like paragraphs about what happens in the room in the distraction. But like, at one point, I was like, "Wait, did she even get into his office?" And she does, but it's like, it's like this tiny little line at the end of a paragraph. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have just just a little bit of like, you know, wishful thinking. I would have been cool to see like what is what does it look like in there? Like, what does Hermione see? Sure, she's in there. That would be cool to like get a little peek into. Do you think it was her idea to go in? Yeah, she's pretty pushy about it. To be the one to go in? To grab the ingredients? You the would trust get... Harry or Ron? No, I don't. And I certainly think Ron would have gotten lost and not, like, where would it be? And she would be able to f- read the filing system, for lack of a better word, quicker. It just made me wonder if Harry pushed that on her, too. So. Oh, um, no, she seems really pushy in these chapters. Okay. Like, she's very assertive in these chapters. Let's say assertive. Um, she's, yeah. she's, she's not bossy. She's a boss. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair assessment of that character. She's she is smart, clear-headed, uh, and is able to plan things in a way that the boys seem incapable of for the most part. And so she's just taking charge. She's saying, "Like, listen, if this is important to you, if you want to know what's happening here, so that we can try to stop kids from getting petrified, or just people and ghosts from getting petrified, we're gonna have to make some polyjuice potion and do some investigating." And if you don't want that, then I guess we all might die, Harry. <laughs> Which I know might appeal to you, you psychopath. <laughs> but I want to live to see Christmas. Oh, you're still on your notes. Yep, go ahead. This is at the Dueling Club. And I thought this was really interesting, and it only occurred to me this time. But Snape effectively teaches Harry the spell that will save his life over and over and over. Snape is the first one to do Expelliarmus. Well, does he really teach it or just display it? I would say he displays it, sends Lockhart flying, and Harry learns from Snape, and it ends up protecting him over and over. I think we learn Expelliarmus here. Harry and, and, and like Draco and all those kids seem to already know dueling spells. I They make a point of saying... Right, but no, they do, but like... Nobody else casts that spell in this chapter. They only cast other things. But I, but they know the other things. I don't think they knew Expelliarmus because they've never properly dueled. Okay, because Expelliarmus is remove wand, right? Right. Like that's or, what the, yeah. Expelliarmus. Yeah. Weapon. Like it, it, yeah. Look, it's deep and poignant in your jerk. It's not bad. It, it's not a bad point. I'm just saying like... Again, you are doing that thing you do which is, you're very good at, which is filling in the gaps that like she leaves in her writing, which she might be banking on. And, <laughs> and I might be bad at doing, and I should be good at doing. But like, I'm frog DNAing. Yes, yes, you are. Dino DNA. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you are. But like, why the fuck did he correct himself in the kitchen? Was in the kitchen. He. He, he, he says schedule, and he corrects himself to schedule. Why? I think it's because he's pandering to the Americans. 
I think it was like he's he still needs them. At, at this moment, it's his introduction to Alan Grant and right. uh, Dr. Sadler. And so he's saying, I think he's like trying to be like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm... I'm I'm not in your world. I'm, I'm I'm trying to be in your world, you guys, you you dirty peasants. Uh, uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, schedule. And then they're like, okay, just we'll overwhelmed. Go. All right, fine. <laughs> um, I guess we'll read. We were Jurassic. saving that. I guess we'll read Jurassic Park one day. <laughs> Thank you, Michael Crichton. Um, what was your note? <laughs> like that we went off on Jurassic Park for? Oh, Snape effectively took oh, yes, Harry, yes, yes. the spell that will um, save his life over and over. I really do think you're you, you're onto something, but I also feel like I feel like unfortunately this chapter doesn't read as a chapter where there's a lot of teaching going on. It feels like there's a lot of demonstrating. Even like Lockhart says, "Enough demonstrating." He uses those words. Mm. Like it's that even when we get into the moments where they have like actual dueling moments, it's like the only person that actually gets taught anything is Draco. Because Snape's like, whisper, 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 you know, do the thing where you throw a snake at him. Try this one. And Draco's like, yeah, that sounds awesome. I'm going to throw a snake at him. Try this one. Must yeah, have I, don't have a, I don't have a Rickman. Sorry. Just put a bubble in your throat. I... Gross. <laughs> <laughs> That's that sounds like a witch spell. Put a bubble in your throat. You almost had it. That's not really it. Um, I think I have a one ninety one. Okay. My, More fat uh, shaming. Oh, where? Of is, like is it uh, Millicent Bulstrode. Yeah, yeah. There's like she's, she's a, so big and she's, she's a large girl. Yeah, she's big a great big fat girl. Remy. <laughs> Which is interesting because my one note is also on Millicent Bulstrode. <laughs> Okay. Which is, um, I had called it Hag Watch, but I feel like I already blew that with Goyle Watch. <laughs> yeah. So, but it, she keeps, she she in various places throughout the books talks about hags, but never describes hags. What is a hag? That's what, what I want to know. It, is it, there's a hag in, in, there's what suspiciously looks like a hag in three or four in one of the pubs sitting in front of a plate of raw liver. But I mean, is it just an ugly witch? Like, I don't know if it's an ugly witch or if it's a half human, oh. half something else. That is, I don't. Is it a witch that's gone to the dark side, but specifically a witch? I don't know. See, I would criticize that. I would criticize you if I didn't have the foreknowledge of there being half like hybrids, human other thing hybrids in this world. Right. Arguably centaurs, which we've already met, and half uh, giants. Half uh, giant. Uh, we uh, haven't uh, met. Well, we don't know that yet. We don't. Hagrid is half giant. Yes. And but his brother is a straight up giant. Yeah. Yeah. What about that lady in Goblet of Fire? Uh, she has big bones. Yeah, that's it. No, she's half giant. She half giant. Okay, hot. Um, (laughs) for for Hagrid, from Hagrid's perspective, hot. (laughs) Are you doing? (laughs) Hagrid's awesome. Um, Hagrid is awesome. So, anyways, hags. Yeah, hags. What? Yeah. Wish I knew. I don't even know if they're mentioned in Fantastic Beasts. Well, if they're... Again, if they're basically just some sort of human knockoff, like a Neanderthal or something, then, like, would you even talk about it? Like, would you even be like, oh, yeah, she's... Like, okay, here's a question. If we're right, in, if you're right in assuming that hags are, like, essentially a different magical species that can interbreed with humans, would that piss off someone like Draco? Would that piss off a pure blood? Because those are technically magical beings. Do those people get pissed off at Hagrid? Oh yeah, they do. I, I feel like yeah. Once it comes out, yeah, 
And I think he would be just like he is with werewolves. And so why is he hanging out with Millicent Bolstrode? Unless it's just because it's a means to an end. Is Flitwick a, a half or is he straight up a... We just, know he's, we just know he's tiny. I don't know if we know why he's tiny. Warwick Davis plays two characters in this film. Flitwick is the... Three music. in the series. Three in the series. Because I believe he plays Griphook later, but early on it was Vern Troyer. Oh, you're right. Because he's because 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 Warwick played the goblin who's like, "That's Mister Harry Potter, I have this key." Yes, yes. In the first movie, and it was little man, little man, <laughs> Brent Troyer played Grip Hook, but then the makeup was kept, the, the design was the same, but Grip Hook grew a few inches. Yeah. By the last movie, when it was Warwick Davis, because I think Vern Troyer died. He is dead. Yeah. I don't know when he died. Um, no, I don't remember. Uh, he, but he plays a professor too, and he plays Flitwick. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. Two iterations of him. Which two iterations of him. They changed the design of Flitwick. They gave him all sorts of gloppy makeup in the first two movies. Yeah, that's what I, that's kind of what like I remember. And a mustache. And like a and weird looks, like bowl cut. And bowl cut and he looks like Warwick Davis. Yeah. And he does that shot. I love that shot he does where he like smiles and he looks back. Yeah. I love that. I believe he's got... That's a good shot. It's a really good I shot. I believe he's got a, his own personal mythology that he's like Flitwick's nephew, but he's still Flitwick. All right, fine. Something. That's fair. So yeah, Hagwatch, I'm in. I mean, we might have to come up with a snappier name because we're already doing Goyle Watch. Well, I'm doing Goyle Watch. Well, yes, you are. I'm not going to... Every part... Watch is good, though. Every part of the book that has Goyle in it, I'll just skip so you can be on Goyle Watch. No? Not no. Work? Okay. No, um, okay, Hagwatch we'll is good. with names later. Yeah. I think that I have a, a str- stretch here. Gilderoy in the, in the dueling scene says... He has a line where he goes, Whoops, my wand is a little overexcited. Happens to the best of us, Lockhart. It's all right. <laughs> Write a book about it. The overly excited wand. <laughs> In other ways to please a hag. Ooh. Oh, I'm sorry. Is that too much? <laughs> Come on. Are all hags women? I I feel like it. I feel like anytime it's a I'd, slur, right? Yeah. Anytime you would use that word in the real world, mm. it would be directed towards a woman. Right. Like an old, ugly. What do you call women who never get married? Spinster. No, there's a uh, maids like like a like old a, maid. Yeah, I like Spencer. I thought it was. I thought, I thought that's not exactly the one I was looking for. Though I was really looking for maid. Uh, you're you're not wrong. Spencer works as a synonym. It's just not the word I was looking okay. for. Um, yeah, so it's something like that. So like, I don't think that there's. That's not a word you would use about a man. You wouldn't call a man a hag unless you were being real weird. <laughs> or progressive. <laughs> you know, hag. Why 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 must it have a gender identity? Throw a hag around at dudes, see what happens. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at how good you feel. You fucking hag. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I'm going to do it to a cop. <laughs> next time you get pulled over. Death Readers endorses. The next time you get pulled over to call a cop a hag. Don't do that. Please don't do that. Cops are great. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going here. Okay. Um, uh, the only thing oh, before that, because okay. before well, I have... whoops, my wand is okay. excited, okay. I go back to 192. Do it, do it. Uh, it is more hairy being a psychopath. Um, <laughs> I think it's well established at this point, at least in our podcast. Uh, the whole bit about Harry in the unsportsmanlike attack. He's like, he's like, I'm not going to be unsportsmanlike and attack Draco when he's down. Oh, yeah. Which is A, revealed to be a mistake, but B, it's, it's just because people are watching. You think so? I do. I think he's like, oh, I got him <clears throat> once. I'll just be sportsmanlike because that's what's expected of me. Interesting. I, I have a slightly different take, but equally as uh, malicious. Go is, for it. Is that it's not that people are watching. It's that he, Harry is so consumed by his self-superiority. Okay. That he's like, I have one. I wouldn't sully myself 
to kick that pathetic man when he's down. Interesting. Expanding on this. Because Voldemort literally does that. No, no, no. Like, what do you think it would? it's going to do to Harry's ego when he does find out he is, in fact, the Chosen One? What makes him the Chosen One? Various prophecies and things when he finally finds out his story. Yeah, but, like... Well, okay. I feel like we, I don't we, really we know that, that story yet, so it's hard for me to... Because I have a... I have That's some, right, they don't go to it into the movie as, as much. Right. Um, All right, so never mind, never mind, never mind. Okay, you have 193? Uh, no, no, that was whoops, my want a little overexcited. Oh, okay, cool. So then I'm done until the right. potion. I have... Oh, 196, after we get the uh, parcel mouth stuff taken care of. Harry references the python that he let right. loose. And I just wanted to remind everyone... Go back to Death Readers episode one. That snake is fucking dead. <laughs> Harry Potter killed that fucking snake and he covers it up like he's liberating it. No, he fucking murdered it. <laughs> His negligence and disregard for that snake's natural habitat caused that snake to exit its like hermetically sealed temperate room mm -hmm. in the zoo to snake out into the fucking cold, drizzly weather of England and starve and die. Maybe it didn't starve. Maybe it ate rats. some rabbits or sure. rats or uh, or a... Uh, a, a stoat or two. There you go. Um, it's not going to be long for this world, even with all the stoats it can eat. No. And even like in what would that be? June? I don't know. Yeah. Sure, when Dudley's birthday is, but June and it's not. It's 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 out. And as we know, one of the early signs of serial killers and psychopaths is torturing and murdering animals. Harry Potter book one does it. And like I'll also point out earlier in this season, what's he do to Hedwig? Let it sleep in its own filth. Doesn't feed it. In, in like in this chapter at some point in here Hedwig comes in to talk to him and he's like oh you're talking to me now and Hedwig's like hey, I guess uh, you know you you beat me but you feed me so I guess I love you pathetic he Hedwig deserves better just to be clear it's Harry's attitude that's pathetic not Hedwig yes okay. Hedwig is great okay it's it's the symptomatic domestic violence like situation that Hedwig's in where you see these these people who get conditioned that this is what they have to do to be safe because their lives are so horrible and they just end up with these people that abuse them. That's what Hedwig is dealing with with Harry Potter. Someone who literally locks her in a room, doesn't feed her, lets her sleep in her own filth, and then takes her out like she owes him something. Disgusting. Your points are not off. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> You're opening my eyes. I enjoyed these books for children once. <laughs> oh man, uh, what a great twist at the end of this show to be that, or the end of this experience to be that I, you end up n never being able to see Harry Potter the same way. <laughs> Seven <laughs> times, but the eighth time is the, is the one That's that turns magic. it. Yeah, um, I have. This is where you talked about the Harry. How do you think Harry will feel about the uh, prophecy or feeling about how? how how much ego will he get when he realizes he's the chosen one? Okay. I really think that this whole chapter and this stuff about the uh, the parcel mouth is a thing where... I'm saying it's not parcel tongue, right? It's parcel mouth? Or is it uh, switchable? I think it's parcel tongue is the language, which is weird. Why is it not just parcel? Right. And parcel mouth is the person who speaks it? Okay. So being a or parcel mouth... Or maybe it's interchangeable. Pardon me, anyone who's listening and, and is yelling at me for using it incorrectly, but I'm going to use them interchangeably. Um, the uh, Unless we get corrected here in a moment. But stuff like that really calls to mind to me this idea that Harry really isn't a great wizard. Harry is 
for all intents and purposes, everything we know, we a, a reflection of Voldemort's talents and powers. Mm-hmm. So it just occurs to me, what kind of boring wizard would Harry be in a world where he doesn't get all these like imprinted powers from Voldemort? Like what kind of shitty, unmentionable, boring, everyday, basic bitch wizard would Harry Potter be if he doesn't if he isn't able to just leech off of the power of this guy who tried to kill him. Would he even have gotten a letter? Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, he would have because he would be magical. Not necessarily. There's, there's, there's squibs, squibs who don't go. I guess that's true, but like, I, I feel like his parents are probably magic magical enough. enough. Yeah. I think, I think it it's said a good later, it said later Neville wasn't even sure he was going to get his letter. Okay. So that's clearly there's a precedent. There is. Yeah. Um, I don't, it's a, yeah, I don't know. Maybe like, Maybe he's. Maybe he would be just as bad as Dudley. Like, although I will say, Hagrid did say his his name has been down since the day he was born. So maybe they knew. Maybe, maybe there's a test. Maybe they have some sort of there's like. A, there's a thing. Embryonic test they can do. I will say, page one ninety five. Ron says, "You're a parcel mouth." You're a parcel mouth. However, later when Professor McGonagall goes to Dumbledore's door, the password is lemon drop. Mm-hmm. We know from the movie it's Sherbert Lemon, which is a British American switch. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Parcel mouth could have be- come from parcel tongue in the British version. I don't know. That's a good. And point. then later books they stopped doing that so yeah. much, so it could have just been oh, it's parcel tongue in the UK edition. We're just going to keep it. So it could have been both. Well, if, if anybody has read the uh, British versions and has the, the, the truly English printings of these books. Uh, Email or send us your uh, corrections for this at uh, Real Death Reader at. No, it's Real Death. No, see, wow, wow. Have you not read all of the memos I sent you? Death Readers Zero? at Gmail. <laughs> Shut up. You must have got lost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, my owl, owl is post. late. <laughs> Death Readers at Gmail.com at Real Death Reader. Anyway, I would be cool to know the answer if you have it. Send it over to us. Yes. Okay, so page 198, I think we get uh, Ernie, right? Mm -hmm. He finally is like the first character who's like, he's a Hufflepuff, right? So not a Slytherin, not a Gryffindor, not someone... Unaffiliated, as it were. Not in one of those two obviously rivaled camps. Contentious, sure. Right. Uh, Seems weird that Ravenclaws and Hufflepuffs are just sort of like around. They don't have any real rivalries. It just seems like everybody hates Slytherins in general. But Ernie, in a group of students, is essentially spreading conspiracy theories about Harry in this in these uh, this scene. Mm-hmm. Except they're not fucking conspiracy theories. They're all fucking real. Like, it's all... It's, it was so gratifying to read this page. Because it was just like, <laughs> finally reading a character who's saying the shit I've been saying for two seasons mm-hmm. of this show, saying, Harry Potter is evil. Harry Potter's a bad guy. <laughs> like, he is... He's only off in the details slightly. Barely. Right. Like, oh, in the only thing he messes up on is... You know, attributing these actions that we know belong to a different character to Harry. Right. We, we know don't belong to Harry. But there's a lot of shit he talks about that absolutely applies to Harry and is real. And Harry doesn't have a good excuse for. He calls him out on, like, the, uh, the how he treats the Dursleys. Mm-hmm. And, and Harry's like, well, yeah, but if you live with the Dursleys, it's like, no, 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 no. No. <laughs> yeah. You don't get to murder someone because you want them dead and then say, yeah, but if you knew that... that, that, that if you if you wanted them dead like I wanted them dead, you wouldn't have a problem with it. That doesn't work, man. That's not how like that's not how like laws and motivation and fucking like motive work. Living man. with your fellow human. Yeah, works. Yeah, 
Unless, of course, you're a pure blood asshole who thinks that like, you know, muggles shouldn't even exist. I'm 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 bummed out that I know at the end of this book and and at the end of this series Harry will be a fucking hero and will he'll get absolved of all this bullshit because it's like oh nature versus nurture he was imprinted he's like not really him he's like man fuck it he's responsible for his actions you don't get it out you don't get a fucking easy out like that Potter like wizard up on a totally different note how could uh. Uh, how, how does this enormous basilisk keep getting through the halls of Hogwarts unseen, except by people who it looks at also? Like, there's plenty of things you can observe that can't see you. Why is the basilisk something that just everyone who sees it is petrified? It, it's like no one ever comes out of a, a classroom or a doorway behind it and goes, oh, fuck, that's an enormous fucking snake. Right. Um, and this specific petrification that happens here with uh, Justin and Nick, Nick I, I think the way it's described is like midday, like classes are happening in around this hallway. Yeah, yeah. That's a really weird time to not have anybody in the hallway except the a ghost and one student. Harry misses it by seconds, it seems. Do you think we're not getting the real story? No, I think it's too convenient. Okay, okay. I, I, I'd be fine if we're not getting the full story. I mean, to that point, how big is the basilisk? I think you said that, but... It's traveling through pipes. In the film, pipes. it's huge. In the film, it's huge, which you can't imagine pipes being that. I can't imagine pipes in the castle being that big unless they're. I can't. It's a, I mean, I'm, doing some TARDIS pipes yeah. to the wall, but maybe it's just really long and no bigger than you know eight inches in diameter. Right. Kind of a monster. Yeah. Like, I, like anaconda. I, I think that it. The thing that works with it is this idea that we'll learn when. We get to the end, how exactly how big it is, because right now the characters haven't seen it. Right. So I think that it's going to be a thing where we learn, like, oh, it's this big. It might not be. It might not be that big. My only reference point is the film, and the film's huge. And in the scenes in the film, the pipes are huge. The lower pipes are, but yes. the pipes through the walls, because it's supposed to be in the walls. That's why you can I, hear I, it moving from right. the floor. But I think you're onto something about it being like maybe some TARDIS bullshit where it's just That's like... That's true. I mean, it, they they certainly have that in this world. The room of requirement sure. is its own thing. Hermione's got a magic purse later. Yeah, we've got, you know, there's plants. There's, there, there's the the room where Harry finds the the cupboard later, right? The uh, the thing that he the, the thing he walks yeah. through, yeah. Room of requirement. It's in the room of requirement, yeah. right? Yeah, that room's huge. Oh, yeah. They it's just, way tardis Yeah. And it, and it has different iterations. Yeah. Where it's or it's empty or it's full of shit or right. full of chamber pots. I I want there to be better descriptions of how Hogwarts is built and how big it is, and I want to feel that, and I don't. And I, once again, we find ourselves in a situation where it's we have to justify what's not on the page, mm-hmm. and that's I don't. I mean, it's boring. It's, it's disappointing. It's not even boring. It's just disappointing. It's like damn it. Like I kind of like those loose ends in fiction. I like it when the authors let you say this is a possible avenue have at it my story's over here i don't like it when they tie them together for the purposes of prequels or sequels yeah and 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 to be fair again more it it makes the world feel bigger to be more courteous to this book it is also 
it's paced pretty well. Like <laughs> it, it, it's the stuff that that's not there is probably not important to the way the story progresses. It's not a short book. I mean, it's, no. it's, it's a and these books are famously big for kids. They get and they keep getting bigger. Yeah. But there's stuff that I feel like would be cool to maybe have just included in a couple lines at sure. some point of describing the... It, like, you get all these descriptions of the Great Hall mm-hmm. and how big it is. Or, like, how the fuck do Ron and uh, Harry not know how to get to the Slytherin house? Like, the common room. How do they not know where... Like, okay, for example, I'm in high school. Sure. I know where pretty much everything in my high school is. Not a small space, but I know where everything is, even if I don't use it. Like, I never used, like, the pool in my high school, but I knew where it was. Why wouldn't I? I know, like, okay, there's this corner over here where this these group of people or this class is. Maybe it wasn't my class, but I knew where it was. How do, there's only four classes, like, only four houses, houses yeah. excuse me. How do you not know where they are? Just seems weird when they, when they do the polyjuice and they get lost. Just seems weird mm-hmm. that they can't figure out where they are. I think the last thing I have... Okay, yeah, here it is. Um... If you wouldn't mind, go to 204. No, 204. I believe we have different printings. What's this? Um, this is Dueling Club chapter. I mean, you can do it. Yeah, let me just look. I'm, I'm going to find it on your page and, and say, okay, so on this page, just start reading right there. That will do, Macmillan, said Professor McGonagall sharply. Thank you. Would you mind saying those names one more time for the uh, people of the jury? That will do, Macmillan, said Professor McGonagall sharply. <laughs> Once more for posterity. <laughs> that will do, Macmillan. There we go. Right? Yeah. Said Professor McGonagall sharply. McGonagall. 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 Yeah. Not McGonagall. Right. Right. Was that the one I was doing? Yes. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Rob. Can I, have, can I have my petard back? I'm going to need it here. Hoisted. Mm. Well, I just failed dueling club. That gloat is going to last me all weekend. Good. I'm glad. You deserve it. <laughs> that, was, that was a present that came early. I'm actually really delighted by that. I'm actually fine with it. Like I'm like. Oh yeah, 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 sure, sure. I really am. Like I'm, I'm glad that happened. He's so mad. Listen, uh, being in a sauna isn't the only reason I'm steaming. Oh. No, I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> All right. Um, I think we're on chapter twelve, the polyjuice potion. Polyjuice potion. All right, you're up, man. Okay. Um, putting the hat on, just yet another indication of Harry having no regard for people's property or things. He does things that in retrospect, and after you've brought it to light, I'm like, you don't just walk into someone's house and put their shit on and pick it up or go through it or stick your face in this bowl of shimmering whatnot or do this or do that or have respect for other people unless you're just a complete sociopath and you have no regard for anything. Or you're entitled or you like... Sure. You feel... This feels like it goes beyond entitled. Yeah. It's it's a it's a super entitled. Which it's... specific part are you referencing? Putting the hat on. He goes... Oh, the hat the... on. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. in, in the movie, it's it's you you might not be expecting, you might be remembering the movie where he's just talking to the hat on the counter. Yeah, I think he just talks to it. In this one, he, he walks up to it. And he puts it on. Grabs yeah. Dumbledore's property, puts it on his head. Is it Dumbledore's property or is it school property? The, I mean, it's the purview of the headmaster. He's the caretaker okay. of it in that sense. You would ask permission of Dumbledore to sure. wear it outside of the sorting, I would yeah. think. 
Especially also, if Dumbledore's not in the room, you it, would wait. It also feels like an ascension, and it feels kind of weird to be like, hey, you think that has an f- individual purpose, but it's also, like, arguably... Well, I think we've covered that, though, and it's it's the illusion of sentience. Yeah, but, like, they never actually say that in the stories. Like, sure, it's, sure. It's, they treat as far as Harry knows. Because Harry, like, gets shitty with it, too. Right. At the end, he's like, you're wrong. I would not be a good Slytherin. He's, he doesn't talk to where it. where fucking scissors are. <laughs> He, he doesn't. He doesn't talk to it like it's a hat. He talks to it like it's a person. You got a rip there where your mouth is. Maybe it needs to be sewn up. God, that's horrible. That I'm wow. Just saying. That's really malicious. Um, yeah, I. Uh... Would you wear me? <laughs> Would you wear me? Gross. I'd wear me. <laughs> Just make a good Slytherin. Give me back my dog! <laughs> I don't remember what, what that exact line is. And I don't have a good Buffalo Bill. I just it rubs the potion on its skin. It rubs the potion. <laughs> it rubs the potion's good. Come on. It rubs the potion is good. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Like the the he is he's a little like presumptive. But he's also naive. Like he gets he gets a pass a lot of the times because he's naive. So he yeah, gets that's the same pass he gets from McGonagall and Dumbledore. Oh, he's I, I just want to make sure you're pass. not giving him the pass. Oh no. Okay. But okay. I'm saying like everybody in the book does. I mean, I think I think I think the general audience is supposed to. I think you're supposed to look at it like you, he is your vessel through which you experience this world of wonder and whimsy. And so every time he gapes and every time he's astounded and every time he, he fumbles or has a cute little like you know. Uh, mess up and mistake you're like oh oh wow I'm so glad he oh it's so interesting he's so cute he's doing this stuff and it's like yeah but I mean like if you had a sticky fingered little shit kid running through your house you'd be kind of bummed about it and and be like wanting to get the fuck out of your house right Dumbledore is cool and Dumbledore knows what's Dumbledore is a fucking like chess player like he knows what's going on Mm -hmm. and like he's he's moving Harry as a piece to get what he needs done um so he he tolerates a lot more um, I think, but he also doesn't actually seem to be a dick. Like every every movie we've seen, every book, every everything, really does seem to uh, push this idea that Dumbledore himself is a nice, good guy who's tolerant and loving and accepting and patient. Patient more than anything. So I think, you know, we are dicks. Dumbledore might not be. Right. Okay. Um, and so like maybe he wouldn't be so shitty about his hat being used, but it's not like, about like his his. his acceptance of, of 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 curiosity it's about harry's lack of respect for other people's things boundaries that's like, what i'm yeah. talking about see yeah. i would think it, like i would have a much more easy time like leaning into that idea in this specific instance if he had uh strangled the phoenix to death and then the phoenix rose back up from the ashes i mean maybe he did Maybe, Maybe he, he did. did. Maybe. And then set it on fire. Right. Because he's just a little psychopath. And he's like, he's like uh-oh. Your <laughs> bird died. Your bird. It, Dumbledore's like, no big. Is, Harry's, what, what? How great would it be for Harry to set the bird on fire, not knowing it's a phoenix, and then be like, oh, your bird magically burst into flames, Dumbledore. We live in such a crazy world of magic. And then Dumbledore's like, oh, yeah, that's just a phoenix. And Harry's like, lucky. Like, he's just like, <laughs> fist pumps himself. He's like, yeah, fucking awesome. Magic's so great. You can fucking murder things. And no one cares. They're just like, oh, yeah, it's supposed to do that. <laughs> You mean I have a there's a pet bird here that I can kill over and over and over again and it just keeps coming back? I like an endless like murder fountain. Oh, that's my new Patronus. He doesn't even know what that is yet. But like like fuck Hedwig, I can only kill that bitch once. I'm gonna kill this fucking Phoenix every day for my entire life. My my next note <laughs> is uh is page two twelve. Uh, I think that's me. I don't think you yeah, have that's one. You. Um 
My, mine's really just a little coda at the end. It does. It's not a okay. big club. So. Okay. I think after this, it's you, and then I have a couple more. Uh, page 212, though, back to something I mentioned in the last couple episodes. It fucking happens. Mm-hmm. The Dursleys send Harry a letter for Christmas asking him if he can just find a different place to live in the summer. <laughs> they straight up give him the option. Right. They hand it over to him. And they, they fucking put a bow on it by being like, hey, just a reminder, we fucking don't want you with us. Here's a toothpick for your present. Like, this is how little we want you to come back. Right. Um, and what does he do? He just looks at it and goes, like, he doesn't do anything with it. He just is like, he, he like dismisses it like, if only. But he doesn't even say that. It's just more like the lack of any comment he has on it again, just so totally supports my idea that he just wants to get back to the Dursleys <laughs> so that he can, like, just like I'm talking about with the Phoenix, the fucking Dursleys are the Phoenix. They're the things he can torture endlessly without reprimand or regard or what consequence. I did on my summer vacation. Yeah. Can you imagine, like, Diary of a Wimpy Kid written by Harry Potter would be like, Diary of How I Fucked Up the Dursleys? <laughs> I, I think it's just waiting to be written. Um... The, the the topic is brought up later in the book, and I don't think it's it's brought up in a way where Harry completely overhears it and sees that it's a thing where it could be possible, and then doesn't pursue it on his own, which I think gives even more credence to yours. Yeah, I mean, another word besides credence, but still, I feel like I've used it a lot. Two nineteen, go for Two, it. Oh, um, just interesting uh, that. Uh, Percy was down wandering the dungeons at the same time as a uh, a girl. Both of them don't are in Slytherin. That's what's going on there. Oh, I missed the part with the girl. What was the girl? She came out uh, and they, as they were crabbing Goyle, and they're like, "Which way to our dungeons?" And she's like, "Excuse me, our common room. I'm a Ravenclaw. What the fuck is a Ravenclaw doing down the dungeons when Ravenclaw common rooms up in a tower?" You're suggesting, yes, through implication, yes, that Percy Weasley mm. is getting his wick wet with a Ravenclaw in the dungeons of Hogwarts. Could be. Wow. Uh, like, what's his title? Uh, is he head boy yet? No, he's just a prefect. A prefect yeah. of, of, of Gryffindor House mm-hmm. is like, that's, I didn't even pick up on that. I'm usually really attuned and I miss <laughs> this one that might work. But you know, it's interesting that because I, I have no, I can't, I can't say in any way that I think you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I can say that looking at the the idea that there's a coincidence that two people are in the same part of a school at the same time doesn't necessarily imp- implicate sexual activity. <laughs> but I think that's not what you're saying. You're saying this is a place people shouldn't be. These are two people of opposite genders of roughly the same age, arguably, mm. that are both suddenly exiting the same place at the same time mm. where people shouldn't be, mm. that's suspicious. Mm. And you're not implying that they're part of this uh, Chamber of Secrets mm. mystery. It's it's just maybe some, like, you know... Shenanigans. I have a question here at page 220. Are you are you out of notes, by the way? Yep. All right, I'm, I'm just going to rapid fire this then. Page 220. Why the hell isn't Myrtle ever in her bathroom? Feels like she's constantly absent. From her bathroom. Isn't she crying in the stall in one scene? They don't bother her and she doesn't bother them? Maybe, but I feel like a lot of times she's just not there. Feels weird. Feels weird to have a, a, a ghost that's so specifically located I mean, and then only... Like you said, there's so many places in Hogwarts that it feels like I'm not always in my room. It's still no, my room. No, but you're not, like... <clears throat> we only see her in a couple other places. Mm-hmm. 
Was everyone at Hogwarts die at Hogwarts? Was Nick beheaded at Hogwarts? The fat friar, was he whatever happened to him at Hogwarts? So, did they ever do executions at Hogwarts? That's what I'm wondering now. That would be weird. I feel like... No, but, but we know she died there. Well, we don't know yet. Um, what I'm saying is, is, is your place of death, you have to be in it as a ghost in this world, or can you just have free reign and you come back to it? I guess what I'm saying is, like, she seems so... Or are you so... drawn to it? You don't have to be there, but you feel a magnetic pull. Maybe, but I feel like it's just... She's so tied to that room mm-hmm. that any time they're in there and they're not interacting with her just seems weird. It is that is weird since her thing seems to be reminding people of how miserable she is to get something out of that. Yeah, yeah. If there's people even in your bathroom attention. you don't even have to go seek it out. Right. Why are you not all over that? But she and she doesn't usually seek it out. That's what's I mean, but maybe that's the answer there is that she's usually not actually interested in getting attention. So Or if she is she wants it to be natural enough that you have to come talk to her first so she can tell you how miserable she is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's just, just I don't know, just a curiosity. Also, in this in this chapter, I, maybe again, I feel like I have a history of not being the most astute reader, mm-hmm. but I feel like we get some sort of confirmation that Lucius is a governor of Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. What is that? Is this the first time we learned that? I think like school board. Okay. I, I feel like it's a British thing. But is this the first the time? governors. Yes. First time we hear about that. Right. Seems unless, convenient and weird. Unless Malfoy mentioned it, my father's a governor. I don't I, I don't think so. I don't think he mentioned... I think he mentioned his dad. Doesn't his dad work for Or he has influence over the governors. Maybe in this one he becomes one. So he could have more so. I don't remember what he justifies as his father's business or profession is. Mm-hmm. It, just, it just was interesting because it, it seemed, you know... Convenience is not the right word. It's just like, oh, oh, there is some more world here, I guess. Cool. just feels like we would have learned about it. It feels like in the interaction where he fights, uh, you know, Mr. Weasley, that we would have, there would have been some sort of acknowledgement of the power struggle between those two people. Like, something like, I'll have your boys expelled. Right. Like, some sort of threat like that. Like, if he has so much power. You, it needs to be more unanimous, I think, than just, I can have them expelled. But, like, that's why. The, he, but the Malfoys are so obsessed with, like, power and threats. Like, they, they seem to be very easy to use those sure, things. Sure, but he wants the he's playing the bigger game of getting Dumbledore out. He doesn't want to waste oh. that on, on two kids. Alright, that's fair. Yeah. Because once you get Dumbledore out, then you can have your plant get rid of the kids you don't like. But at least knowing that he's a governor helps explain how Draco got so. all those those the brooms. Oh sure. I mean it, you could you could make an argument that like that could be a string he could pull. Yeah. That's. I mean I think we had that the a couple episodes ago that question about like how is it that they felt like uh McGonagall had so much trouble getting like the pulling the strings to get Harry on the team. Right. But then like with that broom and everything, but then suddenly Malfoy's dad can just you know Well he's in second year now, he's eligible oh. for the team. So. But the brooms, I mean that feels like a weird that feels like an unfair advantage that arguably could be challenged. That's true. I, no, I can see that. If you're if you're gonna buy it from one team, you should buy it for all. Right. Page two two two. You know, something else we talked about in earlier episodes, finally Mr. Weasley gets busted for bewitching muggle yeah. items. You know, the exactly the opposite of what his job is. Right. Like like There's comeuppance. Yeah, I felt kinda good about I like that character, but it felt like, cool, there is justice in this world. Like even if it's happening to the to the good characters, like Oh, was it fifty galleons? That's a lot. I don't remember. I thought he I thought it was worse than that, but I don't remember. Whatever it was, it's yeah, it's 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 not a steep uh, cheap fine. But and then my last note is that, you know, I'm I am kind of fair. I also hope that Lucius gets punished for having whatever the stuff he has under his floorboards. And that, I feel, does happen, but he doesn't. They don't 
give us a direct follow-up to that there might be a reference to that later and that's she does that sometimes where she truncates things i'm like but i wanted i wanted specifically to follow that line of story can't have it all but it made me think like i considering both of those characters interests in like magical items i wonder if it wasn't for this stupid blood feud about who's a pure blood who's muggles who's whatever uh, if those two characters would have been friendly that's because really good they point. have similar interests yeah in they those, totally like, do those magical items and somewhat illicit magical items yeah yeah it just it just occurred to me that like that you know it's unfortunate friendship missed two sides of the same coin yeah yeah, I mean, that's. I don't really have anything else for this episode think, of Death I Readers. Think I'm, I think I'm. I'm done. Um, I'm kind. I mean, again, we we keep doing this thing where we should really also talk about the events of the chapters. Um, you know, this is the chapters where uh, Harry and Ron use the Polyjuice Potion to dress up as uh, Crab and Goyle and, and interrogate Malfoy. We've eliminated a suspect. We've eliminated a suspect. Malfoy is not bittersweet. Yeah, Slytherin. Right. We get. Uh, We've noticed the spiders. Nobody mentioned that. We didn't mention that yet, but it, it was so brief. It was so brief, brief but moment. I feel like has it has it happened twice, or did he just notice a line of spiders? I think it might have happened twice. I think it might have happened at the first one, and then at the second. With the cats. Episode. Yeah, I think it yeah, might yeah, happen yeah. at the cats. So um, our attention has been called to it at least. Yes. Enough but, that like are the spiders petrifying people? We don't know. Or any, literally anything. It's so just that this just like, she could have situation. she could have written in both of those, and there was a golden lantern in the corner, and I've been like, I don't, is that a thing? <laughs> like, right. But uh, I mean, on, only with the foreknowledge of having seen the films do I know that there is something to the spiders. Sure. Um, I whatever is attacking can attack ghosts, and that's kind of that's creative. It's cre well. Can it attack ghosts, or did it? It's creative. No, it's it effect. Yes, it can affect ghosts. Um, Even death may die. Or at least get petrified. So it's less poetic, but sure. It's less Lovecraft. Isn't that Lovecraft? Yeah. So, shut up. Just saying, man. You're Lovecraft. Racist. <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, okay, so we have that. We have um, a bunch of people get petrified. Uh, it's it's a kind of a mystery, and you know, in the next, where are we where are we going next? We're going to um, chapter thirteen, mm -hmm. a, the very secret diary. Mm. So uh, join us next time on Death Readers, the next episode where we go through chapters thirteen, fourteen, and fifteen. Send us any questions you think we should have touched upon. Which is not really a grammatical sentence, but at Real Death Reader on Twitter or deathreaders at gmail.com yeah and uh in this episode i'd like to just give a quick shout out thank you to daniel for helping uh, uh give us the patreon help fund us through uh publishing this uh your postcards in the mail um anyway on that note uh thank you for listening to death readers i'm doug and i'm rob thank you for listening thank you it's certainly methodologic methodologic methodolo oh i can't say that word Methodology, methodological. Methodological? Methodological. Is that technically a word? Is that Methodological is totally a word. You're just insisting. I'm confident. Yeah. I think you are confident. And what about our... Do we have any, any Reddit? Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> Slash death rate something. She's a big girl. girl Which yes, is interesting because mine... One note... Don't bump the mic, Rob. Don't bump the table, Rob. <laughs>
Wow. You're so amused with that. <laughs> I didn't necessarily have it locked and loaded. <laughs> you couldn't wait. <laughs> I couldn't wait. <laughs> just because it's funny to me. Like, not because it, now I'm not really, like, I'm not trying to be petty. It's just, I was like, oh, yeah, I can do it. You're in, you're suggesting through implication mm. that am Pers I or are you inferring? Percy Weasley yeah. is getting his. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> I didn't even do it. <laughs> didn't even say anything. I, I didn't even get to my punchline. It was more <laughs> the knowledge that I should not be drinking right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I did it to myself. Yeah, you did. Please. Okay. So <laughs> cut this out. You're. <laughs> <laughs>